What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, November 5th, 2015, and you guys are listening to episode 232. Is that right? 232? Yeah, I think it's 232. Uh, I hope it is, because that's what I'm saying at the beginning of this, and now if it's not, I'm going to be really pissed. Because then I would have to... No, it is. It's 2.32. How is everybody doing? Um, I know I told you guys that I was going to have this out last night. But guess what, everybody? This guy right here passed out last night before 8 p.m. Um, I don't know what's going on with my body, guys. But after this tour, I came back and I was fine on tour. And I don't know if it was just so much traveling and buses and driving, and hotel rooms, and, you know, shows and theaters every night, and then drinking, I, I mean, I'm sure that's what it is, I just pretty much named what it is, but when I got home from Chicago, which I still have to talk about, because Chicago was the last, I did one more show there, but, um, you know, after the last podcast, but holy shit, when I tell you my body just tapped the fuck out. It was just like, you know what, man, you need to, my body was actually like confused when, um, my body was confused when like there was no alcohol or cigars for like when I got home and like a few days went by and I was just like laying around relaxing, like kind of recharging my battery. My body was like, all right, all right, when's the show? When's the shot? When, when are we, when are we going out? When are we, uh, and I don't know if that's what it is, but I'm not going to lie. I do have something wrong with my stomach right now. It really sucks because I have some big shows coming up and uh, a lot of shows this whole month all the way up until November 30th. I got a lot of shows and uh, yeah, my my system, my stomach is not right. But that's not your problem. That's my problem. And you know what? The show must go on and we got to plow through. Got a lot of great stuff to talk to you guys about. This is going to be a great episode of TVE. So sit back, relax, wherever you may be. Uh, I did not mean for that to rhyme. It just came across that dope. Um, whether you are in your office or you are, uh, in a car or on a treadmill or, um, I said, I called the, I was on the elliptical machine and I called it the eucalyptus. I called it a flower. Uh, cause <laughs> I don't know the fucking gym term. I was like, yeah, dude, I just crushed it on that, uh, eucalyptus or whatever. And, uh, they were like, dude, are you sure you know what you're talking about? And I was like, no, I don't. All I know is that thing where you hold on to the thing on the sides, like you're skiing. I crushed that shit for an hour. Um, a lot of stuff to talk about. Going to talk about, uh, finishing out the tour in Chicago. Uh, gonna, uh, got some, got some questions. Going to talk to some young comedians on this one about some things. I've addressed it before, but I was asked another question. Um, going to, uh, you know, talk, I got some, uh, unacceptables, got some stuff with sports. The World Series is over. The The NBA season with the Knicks has started. That incredible Giants game against the Saints, which was an absolute shootout. Unbelievable amount of scoring in that game. Uh, but first, before we get into it, uh, let's get to the sponsors. The Verzi Effect podcast is, as always, sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today, whether they'll be uh, up-and-coming comedians, established comedians, um, you name it. From uh, people you haven't heard of to the biggest stars of comedy, uh, their interviews are all over 
gonzofame.com. Dave Gavry, funny up-and-coming comedian out there in Chicago who unfortunately I did not get a chance to see because um, I had promised my family that uh, I would be home for for Halloween. I'll get into all that, but he came to the Saturday show. I was only there for Thursday and Friday, which uh, was insanely special. But uh, yeah, go to gonzofame.com. Uh, take a look at um, David's website. He does a great job. And uh, the guy's working hard, very funny guy, and um, hopefully next time I'm out there I'll be able to get up with you, David. But um, go to gonzofame.com. Also, All Things Comedy Guys, where the Verzi Effect podcast resides. They're also my record label, All Things Records, for the night at the stand. Uh, go to allthingscomedy.com. You could see, I think, 70-plus of the best, funniest uh, comedy podcasts that are out there. Uh, a ton of them. I don't, the, the list just goes on. So if you love podcasts and you're a podcast nerd, which I'm sure you are if you listen to this my show regularly, go to allthingscomedy.com and you will have enough content to never put on a radio station again. Uh, and you could follow them on Twitter at allthingscomedy. Uh, speaking of the album, guys, uh, I just got in uh, when I got back from uh, Chicago, when I got back from the tour... I came home and there were boxes all over my house and my hard copy uh, CD, the uh, what some people call a relic today, but uh, there are some people that want the physical copy in hand. Somebody's like, I don't understand why people don't understand. I want a physical thing in hand. I don't want just a digital thing. So the people spoke. I had uh, friends. I had friends let me know, um, you know, hey. Friends and fans, give me something. I want a hard copy. I want I want a signed copy. I want the physical thing. I just want to have it. So I got a bunch of them. I'm going to sell them on paulverzi.com for you guys. And uh, I will be taking them with me for uh, the next year plus or whatever. However they're selling, I'm going to just keep uh, bringing them to uh, to shows on the road until I do my, uh, until I do my next hour. So uh, you could get them. And uh, they look good. The art is great. Shout out to D Guerreros. Uh, who did the art and photography on the album. And uh, that's it. So let me get into what happened um, as far as the last, uh, after the last podcast. So after the last podcast, we had one final show in Chicago. And again, I cannot stress enough um, the whole reason why, and thank you to Bill Burr and uh, for just an amazing tour and, and everything, man. Just bring in um, myself and Joe Bartnick and for the first week Jason Lawhead and just the, the four horsemen had a great time and then after that um, me, Joe, and Bill had an amazing time but part of the whole reason why this came about was just like I said last time I just said to Bill we were just talking in passing and I'm headlining on my own I'm not really opening for Bill that much anymore you know we like to do it around sporting events because we're you know good friends but I was just like, dude, I never did the Chicago theater. I can't believe all the times that we've... And it's kind of bittersweet because this is the times where I'm really not going to be working with Bill that much anymore, only for like certain things. And it was like, wow, after all that, we never did the Chicago theater. And then uh, not only did he put me on the Chicago theater, it, it turned into this amazing Midwest tour, uh, which was um, two weeks of my life that I'll never, ever forget. Um, I would have been there the Saturday night, the 31st, but last year I missed Halloween with my kids for the first time ever. They felt it. It wasn't cool, um, you know, for me. I mean, they, they, they were just like, oh, Daddy, are you going to be there this year? And I said, absolutely. So when they added a show to the Chicago Theater this Saturday, I just said to Bill and Joe, I go, look, man, you guys got to fly solo on this one because 
I initially only had the flight booked until the 30th anyway, and then they had added it. Or uh, I the schedule said the 30th, and then I in my mind, that's what it was, and then they added the Halloween, and I'm like, I just can't. You know what I mean? I just can't do it. So um, those guys had a great time. But the Chicago Theater is one of the most beautiful, amazing, special places. It really is. It's a special theater, and you could feel it. Um, there's a few that are really, like, special. Not even great. All of them are great in their own way. But, like, that special, you know, you said the, one of the coolest things was Sinatra signed it. And then uh, we signed it. I signed where near Sinatra signed it. And um, I guess they renovated the place in 86, and Sinatra stood on that stage. So we actually got to stand where Sinatra stood on the actual stage and perform there. And I can't tell you how cool the people of Chicago were. The crowds in Chicago were amazing. The people there were so cool and helpful and nice. Um, truly one of my favorite cities, I have to say that. Chicago is the shit. Um, and as far as theaters, I'm not going to lie. Everywhere was great. So I'm not going to be shitting on anybody. I mean, every everywhere was great. Everywhere had a feel. All right, hold on. Let me sip this coffee here. Everywhere was great. Um, everywhere from Michigan to... to you know, Ohio, just, just every place we went had its own thing. As far as theaters and loudness and acoustics and just unbelievable, I have to say Milwaukee number one, and then probably a tie between Indy and Cincy for number two. And then as far as just special feels and amazing venue and just incredible, I would have to say Chicago. Those were the four I mean, listen, we did 17 shows. We did so many, and so many were great. You know, I had, a, I had a great time everywhere. Minnesota was great. All these places. But as far as like, wow, wow, I may come back and do a special here. Those are the places, um, you know, that, that really stood out. So everything was just great. And then um, we, went to, we went to a deep dish pizza place after the last show because we were just shot, and it was my last night. And uh, I joked with the crowd, and the crowd got a kick out of it. I said, you people here with your fucking cake pizza. And they fucking loved it. And uh, it's true. Deep dish pizza, Bill and I and Joe were talking about it. And I'm not going to shit on it, but a slice of pizza to me is a thin slice of pizza. Deep dish pizza in Chicago is a pie or a cake just loaded up with delicious meats and sauce and shit. But absolutely delicious. And um, we did that the last night, and... um, Joe Bartnick tried to hang with me. Here's one thing I'm never doing again. Joe Bartnick tried to hang with me until my my flight. I had to leave at like 4.45 in the morning. And at like 3, I just knew everybody was tired. And I was like, you know what, dude? Love you. Have a good show tomorrow. And I'll see you in New York when you come down. So, but, I mean, I just feel that uh, I'm never getting on an airplane. I'm never doing that shit again. Pick up time. 4.45 a.m., okay, for a 7 o'clock fucking flight. You're sitting there packed like a sardine. I tried to upgrade to first class for 90 bucks. There was an issue with my new fucking debit card. I didn't feel like going through it. I said it's only an hour and 25-minute flight or whatever, so I dealt with it. But I'm done with early fucking flights, and I swear to God, I'm not trying to be a dick here or a prima donna, but I would rather spend money, and no. I mean, I, my wife would kill me. If I just fucking upgrade to first class every time. Because that really is insanely expensive. And I don't want to give money back when I'm working hard. But 
Fuck that, dude. The back of the plane at 5 o'clock in the morning when all you want to do is sleep and some guy is in the middle like looking at his laptop fucking all gung-ho with a button down. Fuck that. I can't do it. I can't fucking do it anymore. You know, and then I feel like a dick because I'm a nice guy. I'm personable. I like to talk to my driver sometimes, but I'm not talking to you at 5 o'clock in the morning. You've been driving for fucking three hours. You're happy. You're good to go. You probably had three coffees. You're dressed nice. You're in a car all day. I'm fucking schlepping out of the hotel room. I got no sleep. I don't want to talk. What am I going to say? Hey, buddy, how you doing? Yeah, I'm fucking exhausted. Zip your mouth for the next fucking hour and just get me to the airport. I mean, that's what I would really want to say. I remember one time I was so tired, I ended up talking about, like, the fucking Israeli-Palestinian conflict with some fucking, like, Afghani guy or whatever the fuck country he was from, sitting there talking to him. I'm like, I don't fucking know. I don't live there. I'm sitting there talking to this guy about all this stuff. I'm trying to be, I'm like, yeah, things are bad. Well, this and that. Next thing you know, I'm fucking ready to go online and start looking up, like, the Palestinian conflict to try to fucking resolve something. What the fuck? I should be sleeping. (laughs) What am I doing? Everybody, what am I doing? So I leave out of Chicago. I fly home, and then I get to see my beautiful family on um, Halloween. Shout out to my mother-in-law, Kim. My mother-in-law, Kim, picked me up from Newark, came up to the house, went trick-or-treating with the kids, and it was so fucking awesome to do that. And I remember walking around house to house, And uh, I just go, man, this is worth it. As much as I want to be with those guys, as much as I want to get back on stage tonight and everything and be there for the last show, nothing nothing will ever be better or replace this. So we had a really good time trick-or-treating. And then I came inside and fucking passed out hard. And I'm happy to announce I've only had one cigar since Milwaukee and not any drinks since Chicago. And I'm going to try to keep it that way for a while. My body is in straight shock. Like, if my body was a person, it would just be pacing around a rubber room right now, just chain smoking, going, what the fuck is going on? I need something. Um, All right, so, thank you to everybody who came up to me at the shows and said they bought my album, listened to the podcast and all that. I had a great time in the Midwest. The Midwest is underrated. Listen, some cities better than others. Let's be honest. Some of you guys still know you got to get your shit together out there. Okay, I'm not going to mention names, okay? But, for the most part, Awesome. Awesome. Um, so here's one thing that I wanted to talk about. A uh, comedian asked me a question, I believe, from, uh, from oh, some, some dude, Nick, Nick Alex. Uh, so thank you for, for your um, question, Nick, and I will address this. I told you, oh, you work at a fucking golf course. Hook me up with a golf round, dude. Uh <laughs> And he says, what's up, Paul? I'm a huge fan. Thank you very much, Nick. Um, was wondering uh, your thoughts on New York City. Uh, if you thought New York City was the best place to start stand-up or if a similar city is better, thanks, man. All right, well, great question. And I have addressed this a couple of times on uh, other podcasts, and I'm sure mine myself, but you know, I know that there's new listeners all the time. And, uh, you know, I know that there's a lot of uh, young comedians who um, listen to my show, which I appreciate and wish wish all you guys luck. And if any of you guys ever have questions, man, hit me up um, and I will try to help you out as, as best I can um, with experiences that I went through in this business. But, you know, um, I would say this. 
and I have friends that did it. There's a couple of people that uh, that I saw young comedians in Texas when I performed out there, young comedians in uh, Baltimore, and I said, guys, you're funny, man. Come to New York, and you know what? They did. I remember seeing them, and they fucking actually did, and they're in New York, and they're loving it. Now, when I talked to them, they said, oh, it's tough. You know, I'm trying to get in. I'm trying to get in and do all this and that, and... Um, you know, it's it's not easy. You can't get in right away. So here's what I would say. If you're really, really serious about New York City, if you're really serious about stand-up, New, is New York the best? I think so for a few reasons. I think the best comedians hone their craft here. I think there's the most stage time here. I think it's the most competitive here. And I think it's the best lineups here. That being said, you will have a tough time coming to New York City and just getting up on, on sh- good shows. However... There are so many open mics. All the open mic people network together, run rooms together. You know, you meet people that way, and it's a community. So you're like, hey, man, I love that. Oh, come down to my bar. I got a bar down on the west side. We do an 8 o'clock show, blah, blah, blah. And then you start getting to that, and that's how it works. Um, and I've talked to young comics like, oh, it's getting better. Yeah, I jumped on this show. Oh, I jumped on this show. Yeah, no, I'd love to be on that show. And then months later, yeah, I think I'm about to get on that show. Look, it's a hustle. The bottom line is if you're hungry and you want it, you'll get up. Uh, you know, but it is one of the best cities to do. Now, of course, there's other great cities that have great little, you know, markets. And, you know, I know West Coast. I know San Fran's got a great market. I know, you know, Boston. Well, I don't know now Boston because I know Boston's venues are pretty much bigger. But, um if I lived, like, let's say this, if I lived on the East Coast, even in another state, like if I lived in Boston, or if I lived in Philly, or if I was, you know, up in even like Syracuse or Buffalo, I would just start out by making my way to New York every like month or so to try to get up as much as possible, meet people, do open mics and start going that way until you, you know, get comfortable, or just go all in and come to New York, especially if I was on the East Coast. I like New York better than LA, because LA is very much like, um, you know, it's, I mean, it's all politics and who you know, but out there, it's very much like, um, you know, name-based as far as, like, popularity and stuff, where I think in New York, it's more about, like, stand-up if you're nasty on stage and stuff like that, so just, I would come to New York first, and I would just get on as many open mics and do whatever I can, obviously make sure you got a good job and shit, I don't give advice and have somebody go broke, but you know what I mean. Like anything else, you have to find out, you have to hustle, find out where the good rooms are, get with a cool circle of people who are trying to do the same thing you're doing and just try to ma- manufacture that into, into uh, you know, stage time for everybody and you'll probably get some great friendships out of it. Uh, so I hope that answered your question. And um, that's it. I also wanted to um, shout out a funny comedian who I worked with, Matt Halt. Matt Halt is a very funny comedian from Indianapolis. I worked with him in um, Cleveland, and he has an album out. Uh, And I urge everybody to get the album because I worked with this guy, and within, like, I think within, um, I don't even know, man, like two minutes into his set, the guy just had me fucking really laughing. Uh, He really did. So um, the name of his album is, it's Matt Halt, Acting My Age. So check that out and, uh, you know, support of a, a very funny guy, man. Really funny guy. So I wanted to make sure that I plugged that too on here. Um, and there you go. So let's go to the unacceptables and then we will get to your guys' unacceptables. Here's what it is, everybody. Okay. Now, I've gotten into some heated battles. 
with Met fans. All right? I definitely have. I've gotten into some heated battles. Um, and it was a very kind of weird thing for me to watch the Mets because New York is across the chest, but I just truly in my heart did not want to see them win because of how they feel and what they've said about the Yankees. And I saw one person, the Mets have might the Mets might have lost, but Yankee fans are still the biggest pieces of shit. <laughs> and I just squinted my eyes like, what the fuck does that even mean? Okay, it's just like, you know, and I talked to people in Chicago and they said the whole Chicago South Side, North Side, you know, White Sox, uh, Cubs thing, they don't root for them either. So that definitely goes on in other cities where, in major cities where there's two teams. But I have friends and family who are rooting for them. Let me say this. My unacceptable for the week and that Matt Harvey performance was incredible. It was, uh, you know... Just an amazing, amazing, um, amazing time. Uh, to, I, mean, I mean, I'm sorry, amazing thing to watch. It really was an amazing thing to watch that guy mow people down. Like, I'm not even a big, like, obviously Met supporter. And I was just watching going, dude, this guy is throwing, like, this guy is pitching one for the ages right now. And then and then it fell apart, which is, is, is half funny to me, but... Here's the thing, and I'm not trying to be a dick. It was just like, I'm just going, like, he asked to stay in the game. The place is chanting for him. He goes in the game, and then he walks a guy and gives up a double, and it's like, oh, my God. And you know what? He still had his stuff. He was still throwing 97. I think he was so pumped up, and the crowd got him so pumped up, and him talking to the manager and everything like that. For you people that don't know or don't care, the Mets were in the World Series. Their pitcher was phenomenal until the last inning, and they were going to take him out and put the closing pitcher in. And he said, no, let me finish this. And the crowd chanted to let him finish, and he comes out to finish, and he fucked it up. Um, but that's not my unacceptable. My unacceptable is two things. Number one, okay, grown men, because they call Matt Harvey, I guess they call him the Dark Knight because he's the only thing that could save Gotham or something, something fucking corny, whatever. Grown men wearing Batman masks because they call the pitcher the Dark Knight and they're wearing bat... Grown men, grown men. These are men, these are fucking adult men, okay? If I see a six-year-old or somebody like my son, oh, that's cool, that's Batman, I'm going to wear a mask. That's one thing, that's great, that's cute. You know, you give him an ice cream cone, give him some fucking candy, anything he wants to do. He looks at the game. He's got his little mask on. It's a great little thing for a kid. Plus, it's, you know, it's late October. It's Halloween time. Fine. If you're a grown fucking man, man, okay, you're a male, even a woman, even if you're a grown woman, it's unacceptable, but a grown fucking man rocking a fucking Batman mask at a baseball game is unacceptable. Look yourself in the mirror and say, what the fuck am I doing? What has it come to? I'm watching other grown adults play a game. They're getting paid millions of dollars to, and I'm wearing a fucking costume at a baseball game. Okay. Throw on a fucking hoodie. Cause it's a little chilly. Put on your fucking baseball cap to support the team. Maybe a jacket with the team logo. That's fine. Putting on a superhero mask and watching the game through that is unacceptable. And I will battle anybody. Well, no, come on, Paul. It's, uh, you know, it's just part of the thing. You know, it's just a part. No, it's not. The, the pitcher's not going back on, wow, look at all those masks in there. No. 
He's probably saying, Jesus Christ, these people are taking this shit way too seriously. I can't wait to get in my fucking limousine and get the fuck away from these animals. <laughs> That's what I would be thinking. Like, Jesus. That's the equivalent to somebody in a comedy show just drinking like five tall boys before, not even paying attention. And by the way, don't come to a comedy show and be like, dude, the show is great, but I can't remember anything. I was so hammered. I don't remember one joke. Watch the fucking show and drink after. Or have a couple of drinks so you can enjoy it. But fucking keep your head together. But let me get back to the unacceptable. So the first one is grown men wearing a Batman mask because they call this picture the Dark Knight. Number two, and this is even more so, I was watching that baseball game. And I would say this about the Yankees. I would say this about the Knicks. I would say this about the Giants. I would say this about all my beloved New York teams, whichever one I root for. This is not a bias. And I swear, okay? I, hand to God, I sw- I'm telling you guys the truth right now. I would say this about any team ever. The fact that I was watching that baseball game and it was 4-2, to 4-2 to two in extra innings, okay? and people were getting up and leaving is unacceptable. The, and, and I tweeted that, and real Met fans were tweeting back at me from the stands going, I'm sitting through this. This team gave me too much of a good time this year. I'm sitting through it. I'll even watch the Royals celebrate. Now, I'm not saying stay there and watch the Royals celebrate. And maybe when the Mets are down to their last strike, you could start fucking cleaning up around you, start putting your jacket on. But the fact that the stadium started emptying out with 4-2, to two, okay? And you saw what happened in 86. Crazy things happened with the Mets. You call him the amazing Mets. You're wearing Batman fucking masks. He's a superhero that can do miracles. You're going to get up and file out of that fucking beautiful new ballpark where your fucking first time you're in the, that they're in a the World Series in the new ballpark. You're going to fucking leave. I don't leave that game if it's 11-2. to two. I fucking wait for my team to get the last out. In the World Series, which is a hard ticket to get, shame on you. Shame on you fucking fans who left. That's ridiculous. I don't even give a fuck. You know something? That's a night you excuse the kids with school the next day. You go to that game at 7 o'clock or whatever, 7.30, 8 o'clock, whenever first pitch is, and you say to your wife or you say to whoever, look, I don't give a fuck if this game goes to 4 o'clock in the morning then my son or daughter, if they're coming with me to this game, then they'll miss school. I'm taking them to the World Series. I'll be home when I'm home. Okay, and that's it. I don't buy the whole fuck. Well, you know, we knew what was coming. Somebody said, no, we knew what was coming. Errors all over the place. Not caring. Fuck that. I don't care. And don't get me wrong. The errors were terrible watching that shit happen. But come on, man. These are the same people that were making the errors that you were rooting for in the series before. And you're going to fucking leave? Unacceptable. Leaving a World Series game in extra innings when your team is down two runs is unacceptable. And if you were one of the people who left down two runs in extra innings and you had a Batman mask on, fuck you. I'm done. Those are your unacceptables, everybody. Woo! I'm on fire right now. This organic coffee's got a little pep in the step. Um, but we got to get to your guys' unacceptables. Man, I feel like we didn't even get this show started right now. You can feel this is a good one. Oh, this is a good one, folks. This is a Verzi effect just going the way it should go. All right, but we got to keep it going. We got to keep it going. So, 
Let's see what else we have to talk about here. Um, I'll get to your guys' unacceptables. Let's do that. Let's do that since I... And I'm not trying to rip Met fans. I'm really not, man. Your team had a great year, okay? See, you got that far, even with all the shit that happened with the Chase Utley and all the stuff that people were freaking out about. But, uh, you know, you can't leave that game down to it. You just... Leaving that game is... I can't take you seriously anymore. It reminded me of what a fucking Florida sports fan would do. And don't give me shit. If you're in Florida, you fucking guys stink with sports fans as far as loyalty. You fucking stink at it. The, 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 how empty that place where the Marlins play is, it's, it's fucking insulting how empty that place is. Alright, let's get to your guys' unacceptables here. I'm sorry, guys. Hold on. I... There we go. All right. So, all right. Not too many. Not too many tonight. Let's go. This one is from Jordan Wells. Hey, Paul, can't wait to see you this Friday in Philly. Thank you, Jordan. I'm looking forward to it. What cigar lounge slash bar are you headed to afterwards? You let me know. I would love to do that. Uh, My new unacceptable has been when I am running around the neighborhood lately the increasing amount of people that walk around with headphones on or who are looking down at their cell phones, whatever it may be, uh, who, are not, uh, who are not paying attention to the world around them, walking in the middle of the damn sidewalk, uh, walking in the middle of the damn sidewalk, yep, completely unacceptable. I'm either running on my own at a fast pace and have to slow down or even come to a stop to avoid this, uh, this lazy asses Uh, Or I'm running with my dog alongside me and it causes the two of us to go off the path and sometimes into a car-filled road. That's dangerous too. Uh, Is it acceptable for me from now on to just lean my shoulder into these animals and knock them on their asses as I run by? Why can't they walk towards one side uh, of of the walkway? Maybe when I'm with my dog, I can use the leash as sort of a clothesline (laughs) <laughs> and just clip them as I run by. Uh, what other ways can we cage these animals? Help me out. Um, great question. Great unacceptable, Jordan. Yeah, looking forward to uh, tomorrow in Philly. Should be a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun when we were out there at uh, Upper Derby. Also going to be with Joe Matarese, who's from the, uh, your neck of the woods. So hopefully we have a good time, go out afterwards. Um, to answer your question... People that are on, listen, I don't mind headphones as long as you're conscious of what you're doing. You know, if you got headphones on and you're like, okay, I'm on one side of the sidewalk and I could let other passerby, you know, that that's fine. It's the people, the, the people, the real problem is people that are looking at Twitter and Facebook and social media and they're either veering off into a street or in the middle or like just ruining for people that are running by. So um, I think that if you brush them off lightly and give them a dirty look or just say, you know, hey, pick a lane, pick a side, you know, or you just fucking train your dog to sick them. As, you know, as long as your, your dog knows if somebody is a certain amount of degrees to the left or the right in the wrong lane, your dog just starts fucking snarling at them. Uh, but yeah, I, I have no problem with dirty looks or brushing somebody off and going, what the fuck are you doing? Pay attention. And listen, I've looked at my phone, but just, you know, even things like, hey, pay attention. Watch out. Coming through. Coming through, you dope. Thank you for the um, thank you for the submission. 
Here we go. Uh, okay, this is from Nick uh, Engelson. What's up, man? Jealous of the epic tour. <laughs> you uh, are all on through the Midwest. Uh, when does the Northwest get some love? Hopefully soon. Uh, anyways, I told one of my coworkers about uh, your podcast and Unacceptables, and he reminded me of the poor work toilet. Uh, some of my coworkers must be on a uh, MC shitty diet because uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Mick, Mick shitty to MC shitty. It sounds like a fucking sounds like a fat DJ. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mick shitty diet because the toilet has shit splattered on the back of the bowl constantly. And I mean stuck on there like concrete. Fucking gross. (laughs) Another unacceptable is lazy employees always putting up a fight against having to do any work. It blows my mind. The amount of people that want to get paid and get a raise for scratching their ass. My grandfather came from Italy at 19, busted ass, and moved his entire family out here. That's uh, That's what built America. Not these lazy fucks. Big ass cage for him, Paulie. I hear you, Nick. Um... Yeah, I love when somebody's a bad employee or like you hear like you hear people that are bad at customer service complaining about the company. <laughs> Just like, what the fuck are you doing? You're rolling your eyes. Like I said, I'll never forget. Like today, today I went into a CVS and thank you for the submission, Nick, and you're 100% right. The, the shit on the bathroom, though, that goes to the higher ups too. The higher ups need to go in there and be like, dude, if this happens again, I'm, I'm putting like, like... If I was ahead of that company, I'd go, look, here's the deal. I'm not trying to be gross. You people are shitting on the walls. That's really what's happening. I wouldn't I wouldn't even crack a smile. I'd call a meeting and I would be like, look, you people are shitting on the walls. That's what's happening here. You guys are shitting on the walls. You're shitting all over the bowl. It's like we're in a fucking, it's like we're in a circus or, or a zoo. So what's going to happen is this. If the bathroom doesn't stay clean and you people don't fix this, like you'll have plungers. You'll have that whole scrape thing. Like we'll fucking supply you you know, we'll go to fucking whatever you need to get to get your bathroom supplies, but we're doing that, and, and if not, we're putting the thing in I don't care about your privacy, okay? You can't shit on walls, and they need to have people going in there and clean it because that's disgusting, and that makes for an awful work environment. As far as your grandfather coming from Italy at 19, absolutely. It was just a different time. It was different work ethic, you know. Back then, you couldn't put on an iPad and play fucking Candy Crush or whatever the fuck these dopes are playing all day, uh, and I know it might be fun, but it's just, you know, back then there was no, it was like you work hard and like you'd fucking come home and hopefully catch like Ed Sullivan for a couple of minutes and you had a steak on the table and you fucking, it was just like the greatest thing ever. Now it's like you could come home, you know, go in a massage chair, play fucking, you know, Xbox One where you feel like the guy, the fighters are in your fucking living room. It's a different time, but the the customer service thing is 100%, like, just 100% right. And they complain. Like a lady, I went into CVS today and the lady was complaining to her coworker about the previous customer while I'm paying. And then she's like, how are you? Yeah, because she wanted this and then she wanted that. And then, you know, she didn't know what she wanted. You doing good? And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing good. I don't give a fuck about what happened. Just fucking ring my shit up. Ring it up. You dope. Okay, you're working at CVS. You're not doing that much better than that lady. I got news for you. As a matter of fact, something tells me that lady's doing better because she got to fucking leave here. So why don't you get your shit together so you could take off your fucking light blue shirt or whatever and get the fuck out of here. And I'm not dissing anybody that works at CVS. I know people that are great workers at Walgreens and CVS. But let's not act like you're fucking conquering the world. 
I'm on fire, people. I am on fire right now, and I don't know why. I don't know why. I think it's because my stomach is slowly feeling better, and this coffee has got me flying. Here we go. Uh, this is from James Russo. Unacceptable. Getting out of your car at a drive-up ATM. <laughs> Uh, that's the worst. And when you do that, you got to back up and just get it right. You know, that's like a bad parallel park. You got to, you got to have some pride and get it right. You can't drive up and then get out of the car. You got to, unless people are so afraid that they have such a nice car, you know, but uh, thank you for the submission. Here we go. This one is from Eric O'Neill. Hey Paul, my unacceptable happened this past weekend. Was at a laundromat. I was. Uh, I saw there's a mother and her maybe six-year-old daughter in the back by the vending machines. Daughter asks if she can just have a water. When the mom said, and I quote, "No, uh, at least getting something that tastes Jesus." Wow. Hold on. The daughter asked if she could have a water, and when the mother said, and I quote, "No, at least getting something that tastes good." Damn. Then bought a Mountain Dew. I'm no parent. <laughs> oh, dude, you sh- I wish I knew if she was heavy or not. I'm no parent, but it's unacceptable to teach your kids terrible diet habits like that. You damn cow. Okay, I take it she was big. Thanks, Paul, for taking the time to do the podcast for us every week. And keep up the great work, brother. Thank you, Eric. That's fucking hilarious. No, at least get something that tastes good. Damn. <laughs> get this little bitch a Dr. Pepper. Oh my God, that is fucking horrible. Like if my kid, like I love my, see my son likes like, you know, milk and lemonade and stuff. He drinks water too and water's probably in his top five, but you know, he'll go with other stuff. My daughter, her number one pick is water every time and I love it because it's just really good. But the fact that a mother was like, damn, if I'm paying for that shit, better get some Pepsi Cola, bitch. Oh, Eric, thank you for the submission. That was awesome. All right, here we go. Oh, man, this is from uh, Kelly Meyer. Don't get excited. I don't know if it's an IB. I don't think it's a... I don't think it's a... uh, No, it's not an IBS one. He's going to send one of those. And by the way, Kelly, if you're listening, which I hope you are, um, I can't tell you the amount of people that come up to me at shows and when I'm on tour asking about you. Like I was in Pittsburgh and people were like, oh dude, that guy Kelly, like you are literally a part of this show. And I, I'm really disappointed that I didn't get to meet you or talk to you uh, in Milwaukee. And by the way, dude, your your city represented insane. I don't know if you had friends that went to the show, but it was fucking insane. And uh, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. But here is another unacceptable for Kelly Meyer. Uh, hey Paul, uh, was on a flight from Atlanta to Miami. Dude sits next to me, and before the plane started to taxi, he pulls out a gigantic shrimp and lobster taco salad that was drenched in some kind of disgusting dressing. Shit was rank. Oh, that's gross. People all around were commenting about how bad it smelled. I don't care if you want to eat on an airplane, but this was some rancid-smelling shit. What kind of animal chows down on a stank (laughs) shit like that? In a confined space, in confined space, uh, I finally spoke up and said, "Hey, G- <laughs> hey, chief, that food stinks. Can you, <laughs> uh, can you lock it up till we land?" He closed it up after uh, a couple more quick bites, but when he spent, uh, but then he spent the rest of the flight burping, so I got to smell uh, it the whole fucking flight. 
toss these animals in a cage <laughs> with some anti-acids and throw away the fucking key. Unacceptable. Um, okay, good. Yo, you had a buddy there in Milwaukee. Um, okay. And then he says, also nearly shit my pants last week in Dallas. Good story. IBS unacceptable coming soon. Well, you know we're looking forward to it. You know, you know the way some shows like, you know, the way some shows have like the weather person or the fucking, you know, hey, we got, you know, Greg in here with sports. What's going on? No, the Verzi effect has a guy from Wisconsin who tells incredible, awful stories, IBS stories, which is so fun and great for the show. And I love it. Um, dude, and people remember your stories. Like people were coming up to me going, oh, dude, the one with his wife, when he, that was incredible. <laughs> Just like, wow. So thank you. Yeah. And we are looking forward to, uh, we're looking forward to the next one. Now, um, this next, uh, next thing I wanted to talk about is from uh, somebody, a regular listener. Uh, Derek Morin, who's uh, submitted some unacceptables, and he let me know something about um, a military fund that I wanted to bring to everybody's attention. Um, it is There's a local nonprofit uh, Veterans Memorial Monument Fund, and they're trying to raise $80,000 for, um, I guess it's for the Global War on Terror Memorial Monument to be installed in the New Hampshire Veterans uh, Cemetery. And uh, they and I absolutely wanted to um, share this, of course, um, shout it out on the show. Um, you know, it is a um, they uh, there's about sixty thousand dollars left that they're trying to get, and uh, there's a donation page here. People can search uh, "Global War on Terror" on um, uh, dedicatingdollars.com. So if you go to dedicatingdollars.com. Uh, and you know, it's just a donation thing. You'll, you'll see it. Okay. So, um, go to dedicatingdollars.com and really try to help raise money for this, um, you know, this, uh, veterans memorial monument fund, which I think is great. And, uh, you know, obviously you do know how I feel about, uh, soldiers and military and people that fight for this country and do the ultimate sacrifice and step up for us and, and give us opportunities to do everything that we do, um, in our lives is because of these people. And I think a, a monument and something showing that is an amazing thing. So anything that you people can do, anything to, uh, to help raise uh, money and awareness of, of uh, you know, this, um, this monument that they're trying to get there, I think would be great. So thank you, of course, Derek. I totally um, appreciate it. And um, yeah, I'll try to, uh, try to help out as much as I can with whatever I can. So um, go to dedicatingdollars.com and you will uh, you will be able to donate they have I guess they they raised about 20,000 they need 60 more to get this global war on terror memorial monument which will be installed in the New Hampshire Veterans Cemetery all right and thank you for the submission uh, thank you everybody I think those are it for the I think those are it for the um, yeah that's it for the, yeah, that's it. So that's it for the emails. Thank you again. If you want to send, um, you're unacceptable to TVE. I will obviously shout you guys out like I have uh, with everybody else and read your funny unacceptable. Send them to unacceptables for TVE at gmail 
and um, I will read those to you. So I'll read those to everybody, and uh, hopefully you get something funny here on the show. That'd be kind of swell, huh? Isn't it funny that that's how they talked back in the day? That'd be swell. And like people took it seriously. Like, what would you do if your son came home and was like, Mommy, that would be so swell if... Like, what the fuck? Um, all right. Uh, let me see. I don't know if we got any on Twitter here. I don't... Probably do. That just got lost in the shuffle. But they're not going to be as many nutty ones coming in because I'm home now. Um, all right. Matt Wyatt says, at Matt Wyatt, W-Y-A-T-T-1. People who cough and sneeze without covering their mouth. Unacceptable animals. Especially now. I saw somebody do it near food. And they tried to do the whole turn their head real quick. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, buddy, like like the fucking, whatever the shit just came out of your mouth. The fact that you just turned it, you know, a little bit to the left or right. You don't think that those fucking germs are falling somewhere. It's fucking gross and it is unacceptable. Thank you, Matt, for that. And this is the worst when people wipe their nose or like, it's just fucking ridiculous. Um, oh, here was, here's one. Here's one from my friend Jason Lawhead. Jason Law, it says, at Paul Verzi, the Colts are having such a bad season. Their punter just did a celebration dance for how good his punt was. Hashtag unacceptable. And you guys follow Jason, my good buddy Jason, at Jason Lawhead. That's with a capital J and a capital L uh, on Twitter. And uh, I always love when my friends write in. <laughs> dude, we were crying. We were fake crying the whole trip. Like Bill would be like, dude, are you going to eat that or what? And I would just like look at him sometimes. And like one time he said something to me and ele- we were in the elevator and he said something. And he was like, Verzi, can you just do this? Right. And he was like, and I, and I just looked at him and I just put my head down and I go, <laughs> and he just fucking bursted out laughing. All right. Here's another one. All right. We're getting some here. Um, Nicholas Alsop. Uh, Alsop. Uh, thought I was safe from these animals being in the middle of nowhere in Indiana. Guess not. Hashtag unacceptable. Put him in a cage. And here's what it is. Had the first encounter with a douche on a bicycle. Riding down the middle of the lane on a 55 mile an hour in a no passing zone. It'll happen. It will fucking happen. They do not care. Oh, here's one. I got another one for you guys. Check this out. Not only was the bicycle that I saw on the other side of the street. I got to give them that. Nighttime bicycle. I'm coming up on the right lane. You know, double yellow. I'm on the right. I see coming at me, just through reflection, shiny fucking metal. I see a guy flying in the left lane, in the middle where cars are supposed to be. No lights, no reflectors. And I'm going, this guy is going to fucking get smashed by somebody. And you know what? It's going to be their fault because there's going to be no proof that there were no lights. It's a problem. Um... Let's see here. What else? Yeah, and then we had some unacceptables for the World Series. All right. So that's it for the unacceptables, everybody. Um, Thank you guys for all the submissions, and keep them coming next week. Now, we got to talk a little bit more sports. I know my unacceptable was a World Series thing, so I'm not going to talk about the Mets, or I'm not going to talk about the World Series. What I am going to talk about was the game with the Giants and Christoph Porzingis. This fucking guy. Did I call it? Listen, I know it's early. People are giving me shit it's early. But he's had five games. And in those five games, he scored, I think, 16 
13, 13, 10, and maybe 8 or 9. So this guy's got close to, what, 60-something points in five games. All right, he has, he dunked over LaMarcus Aldridge on the Spurs. He dunked over Kevin Love on the Cavaliers. He's getting rebounds like crazy. Carmelo Anthony said that he's playing sensational. He's doing this thing where as a big man, he gets it in the low post, and instead of turning around like a rookie who's trying to prove himself, kicks it out to Melo. Melo's hitting threes, which Melo fucking loves. The kid knows how to play the game, especially with this guy. Tim Duncan said he's really impressive. I'm telling you right now, he talks and he talks like a guy who has insane basketball IQ. I love it. And I love that his country's watching the Knicks and pulling for him. I love it. What I don't love is this coffee I'm drinking is literally getting cold while I'm doing the show. That I don't love, but this Przingis kid, I love. And everyone thought he was going to be hurt, strained neck. No. Now, granted, the Knicks still stink. They're 2-3. and three. But I think we'll be better than 17 games. <laughs> um, what else is going on? So the New York Giants, I don't know if you guys saw, I actually passed out on and off, falling in and out of sleep in the fourth quarter when they were down two touchdowns, and then he comes back and ties it. But that game was literally 14-7, 14-14, 21-14, 21-21, 28-21, 28 It just was back and forth, absolutely no defense. It was like watching a Madden football game. Um, Eli throwing. This is how bad the defense was, though. Eli Manning, the only quarterback. I heard this stat. I couldn't believe it. Eli Manning, the only quarterback in NFL history to throw six touchdowns zero interceptions, and still lose the game. That's how bad the defense was. Like, if you think about that, like, if you think about that, that really is any time. Like, if if you never knew highlights of that game, you didn't hear anything, and you just looked at the box score, and you didn't look at what the Saints did, and you just saw Eli Manning, six touchdowns, zero picks, gun to your head, you think the Giants win that game by 28 points. You think the Giants win that game by 20 points. The fact that the Saints did what they did um, is really bad. The cool thing about being a Giants fan is the Giants' offense is insanely fun to watch. It's only going to get better when Victor Cruz comes back. We got Beckham. We got great receivers. Running game has actually been better than I thought it would be. It seems like Eli's getting you know protected, obviously a lot better than last year. Giants are 4-4. Four and four. That first week still kills me. I think the Giants should be anything from, you know, 5-3 and three or 6-2. Or and two. But whatever, you can't, you can't look at it like that. I get that. But th- that first game, I'm, I'm literally thinking the Giants won the game. I still can't believe that they lost the game. But, um, you know, that, what a heartbreaking game to lose. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But the thing with the Giants is, is the Giants defense good enough to have to go to Lambeau for a playoff game and beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I I don't see how that could be if we gave up 50-something points to the Saints. You know what I mean? I just don't see... You can't outscore teams in playoffs to just win and just put up 40-50, but that doesn't happen because when you're in the playoffs, you're obviously playing the better defenses. So not looking great for the Giants as far as defense, but they are fun to watch, and Eli's having a great year. Um, of course he is. And, you know, dumb New Yorkers and dumb dumb sports fans that don't like him don't understand just because they say to look on his face. But you guys know how I feel about him. So that was a crazy game. Um, 
Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in the NFL? I thought Andrew Luck and the Colts were going to go to the Super Bowl against the against the Packers. Now it's looking like the Patriots are destined to get back to the Super Bowl again, which is incredible. And um, who knows? In the but don't sleep on those Denver Broncos who are undefeated and beat the uh, Packers too. So that's uh, that's pretty. That's getting really interesting right now. What's happening in in the AFC with? Um, you know, Peyton and the, but listen, Peyton Manning, does he win the big one? No, I hate to say it, but he's just has so many one and dones. But here's the thing. Denver has a really good defense. So he may, he may, uh, he may have an opportunity to go on one last run, uh, Peyton Manning. So that's pretty much it. Baseball's done. Basketball started, which I'm happy about. And, um, We'll see what happens with those New York football giants. No movies, guys. Did not get a chance to see a movie. I have just been... Like, you ever just lay down at like 7 o'clock and just like, just I'm just going to relax for a second, and then you're just like, yeah, fuck it, I'm not eating dinner, I'm going to bed. That's been happening. I hope that's normal. <laughs> I really do. Uh, big week of shows coming up. Uh, tonight, I'm just doing a, a quick show down at uh, the Standing Room in Queens. It's um, kind of like the Stan's sister club. Very, very small, tiny venue in Queens. Just going to go in there, work out some material, get on stage. Um, I did three shows the other night. We had a great time. I did an 8 o'clock at the Stand. I did a 9 o'clock at Stand Up New York. And then I did like a 10-something at Gotham. And now um, tomorrow night, Friday, November 6th, I will be opening for Bill Burr at the Wells Fargo Center where the fucking 76ers and and uh, Flyers play. Me, Joe Matarese, and Bill Burr will be in um, an arena. So that should be pretty sick. And then, um, you know, a bunch of shows in New York City. Uh, next weekend is the Garden Show for the New York Festival. That should be amazing. And uh, a lot of cool stuff. I have a bunch of... Um, I have a bunch of dates coming up after that, too. I'm going to be headlining the um, comedy. And I know a bunch of people have been getting tickets, and I'm really excited about that. The Comedy Connection in Providence, Rhode Island, I will be headlining on... Let me just get the dates right. I know they're on my website, but I want to just make sure I get the dates right. On Friday the 20th and Saturday the 21st, I will be at Providence Comedy Connection. And I'm looking forward to it. And they got a sick cigar bar at the Omni Hotel there, which I'm going to for sure. Those are the people that introduced me to a Davidoff Nicaraguan. And it changed things. It changed the fucking game, everybody. Um, then I have... You know what? Let me just pull this up. Let me pull this shit up here so I don't have to... So you guys, so why, why make you guys go to the damn website? I will read you some dates. How about that? That's, that's how I'm feeling today. All right. Tomorrow is the Wells Fargo Center. Then I'm doing a fundraiser in uh, Aldemont, New York. Um, it's like, I think at, at a fi- fireman fund or, or something, I'm doing that with, um, I'm doing that with uh, Greg. At, what the, f- hold on a second. Let me make sure that I get uh, the dates right. Yeah. But that's sold out, actually. So uh, I'm doing that. It's a Brouhaha Comedy Showcase. It's a Brouhaha Comedy Showcase and all, but you can look that up. It's a fundraiser. Um, and then I'm doing... Um, I will be at Gotham Comedy Club on the 10th. 
Um, I will be at the stand a bunch. Saturday the 14th is the Madison Square Garden show with uh, Bill Burr. Uh, Joe DeRosa is going to be on that show. And then, yeah, Comedy Connection, two shows, 8 and 10.30 and at 8 and 10.15. That's on Friday and Saturday the 20th and the 21st. And, uh, and then December 9th, I am doing a rock venue with Joe Bartnick in South Beach, Miami. So you could check that out. That's only just a one-night thing. And um, that should be it. So that's pretty much all of the plugs. And um, we're, you know, and, and again, you can go to my website to see that. I have a bunch of stuff to update. And um, let me know, guys, any questions or any kind of uh, things you want me to address other than unacceptables. I'm telling you right now, I'm getting ready for the holidays, guys. Once November is done, I mean, Thanksgiving's awesome, but once November is done and that December hits, it's, um, you know, just ugly sweaters and, uh, but I'm, I'm not fuck. I'm not doing, I'm not doing it this year where I'm, I'm not eating like an animal. I'm telling you, you want a tip from the Verzi effect? Here's a Verzi effect tip. I've done it now the past three years and I actually feel good. Do not use the holidays as an excuse to throw down that extra second or third helping of food. I'm telling you, one of the greatest things I did the past couple of Thanksgivings was, plus, I mean, anyway, you're giving it all back with the amount of booze and shit. You know, you throw down half a bottle of wine to your head and then you drink a couple of beers or or mixed drinks, you're giving it back. But people tend to get another plate of stuffing, another thing. I'm telling you, this year, and, and do it for Christmas, do it for at, at New Year's parties. I'm telling you, anytime you're at some kind of festive celebration, holiday thing, sample all the food. Make sure you're full and satisfied, but do not gorge yourself. That's how you don't become. That's that's how you're not like, oh man, yeah, well it's the winter. I'm you know I'm hibernating. I'm fuck you know wear sweaters anyway. Fuck that. Don't do that because the spring comes real fast and you look like you're fucking, you know, you look like shit. I felt terrible the other day. My buddy looked at me. He goes, damn, man. He goes, you look good. And then I felt good. And then he goes, man, so you uh, you put on some weight, huh? And I was like, what? And he was like, hey, you put on some... I was like, oh, dude, I look like a fat fuck. He's like, no, you don't look like a fat fuck, but you look like you put on, you know, four or five pounds since the tour. And he goes, well, that's what happens when you get prosciutto and cheese. He goes, I saw the pictures. <laughs> Shout out to Alexis Guerrero. <laughs> Made me feel like shit. Is anything worse once than, than when a friend is just honest, like, oh, dude, you've been eating? And I was doing so fucking good. Oh, man. You got to go to a steam room. Oh, the best. Steams are the best. You sit in a steam room for 20 minutes and you just pour it out. You feel like no matter what you did, cigars, booze, you're just rejuvenated and ready to go. And then I stopped doing that and came home and just slept for fucking days. That's probably why. The body is definitely shocked. Who's going to win this election, everybody? This is the first time where I'm just looking at it going, wow. Whoever the next president is, it it doesn't look like it's going to go so well. (laughs) Oh, just sitting back, waiting in the wings. Waiting in the wings to find out who's going to come out. And all that shit. And, you know, everything is fun at first. And balloons drop and confetti. And next thing you know, they're gray and they're getting shit on for fucking eight years. <laughs> uh, but this time, it's just like, who is it going to be? 
The choices are fucking terrible on both sides. And I don't know about their policies. I know that most of the policies are the same. I just look at the people and I'm just like, this is a fucking shit show. (laughs) Oh, everybody, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I hope you guys enjoyed episode 232 of the Verzi Effect podcast. Hopefully in 2016, I will be coming to a city near you. Um, let me know what clubs are out there. What clubs? I want to do something nuts. This is what I want to do. I want to go to the, not even nuts. I just want to go to places that nobody goes to, to perform. So I'm asking my, my Verzi Effect podcast fans and listeners, if there's a time, I want to go to North Dakota. I want to go to South Dakota. I want to go to Montana. I want to go to Wyoming. I want to perform in Hawaii and I want to perform in Alaska. I want to perform where people don't go. Is there a cool spot to do comedy in North or South Dakota? Will they look at my Mediterranean, Greek, and Italian face and listen to me talk and go, what the fuck is going on, or will they enjoy it? I'm sure they'll enjoy it. Might be a little shocking, but you know, in Minnesota, they loved me. (laughs) Let me know, man. I want to go somewhere. I want to do just something like, just call it like the obscure tour. And just get a bunch of my boys and just put on fucking great comedy shows out there. Call it the Obscure Tour. Don't steal my name. Dakotas. All of it. Just the fucking Alaska. I want to do a show in Anchorage, Alaska. I'm not going to lie. People said that people in Alaska are animals. But, you know, I want to do it. So, are there good spots out there? I'm sure. Sure, there's got to be some good venues out there somewhere. Um, this has been the Verzi Effect Podcast, episode 232. I will see you people in New York City, in Philadelphia, in Providence this month, but I'll be back next Wednesday if I don't fall asleep at 7.30. Um, thank you guys for listening. Please check out gonzofame.com. Go to allthingscomedy.com. Go to paulverzi.com. Please don't forget to go to um, dedicatingdollars.com to uh, donate whatever you can to the memorial monument for that um, global war on terror, you know, monument for the New Hampshire uh, Veterans uh, Cemetery. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. And coming soon, available on my website will be the hard copy of uh, night at the stand my album and I will be taking them with me to uh, to comedy clubs um, so much has gone on we're trying to do an album release party guys but it's just been so busy with me traveling so I don't know where that's going to be but if it's in New York if you're a fan come out I'll let you know when we do it who knows at this time I may combine it with my birthday which is also coming up I just realized right now that my birthday is in a week and it's freaking me out I didn't even realize that my birthday is in a fucking week uh, time flies. So thank you guys for listening until next time until episode, uh, two I'm out of here. I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you.